As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Socker. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. We're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at buildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and download a free chapter. Today we talked with Peter Levels, founder of Levels.io. He talks about how he's building 12 startups in 12 months. Not only do we cover how he's able to pull that off and with such awesome quality, but he has really interesting reasons why he's approaching startups this way. This chat was incredibly inspiring and motivating. Definitely a must listen. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com rocketship to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVision app. 
Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision app forward slash rocket ship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We are here with Peter Levels of Levels.io. Peter, welcome. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good. Um, so tell us, what is Levels.io? Uh, it's just my personal blog. And I started like a few years ago to pretty much just blog about my life. And, and about a year ago, I started traveling around the world. And I wanted to update my mom, like where, what I was doing and where I was, because I couldn't call her every time. And uh, so I started writing about my travels. I started writing about my startups as well a little bit. And then um, s- some people started submitting it to Hacker News and Reddit and stuff. And then slowly some blog posts went a little bit viral. And um, yeah, and that's been going on for a while now. And you are in the process of building a startup a month, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's and a how bit big like- is your team? Oh, it's just me. Nice. So it's but it's it's a little bit of a marketing ploy, um, I have to say, because it's not it's not like big startups. It's MVP, so it's minimum viable products. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of like the lean startup approach, right? By uh, Eric Ries, where I try and build like small um, web apps or websites that do like that have some functionality, and I try and monetize them as fast as possible, like get a market fit, and then um, see if they work, and uh, and then build another one every month. So. Why 12? And instead of doing one or maybe even two, why are you um, pushing so hard to do um, a new one every month? Yeah, because um, I've been working on, on some, like, I guess, startups for, like, years, right? And then in the end, I, I was finally finished. I was, it was perfect. And then after, like, two years, I launched it, and nobody was using it. There was just, like, <laughs> there was, like, four free trial users using it, and they left. And I was like, this is horrible. I worked so hard on this. And... And I think that's a very common thing with people building stuff these days, that you build something for, you put so much energy and I guess love as well in it, and then nobody's using it. And you try and market it and it doesn't go anywhere. And, um, and I think what I wanted to learn is to ship faster my products. And, um, and that means building simpler products as well. And then um, you can finish it easier as well. Like I always had a problem with finishing my stuff and procrastinating. I think most people have. And uh, if I have to build something every month, it forces me to finish it. And it forces me to keep it minimal as well, which I think is good in terms of um, an MVP, right? Mm-hmm. So do, are these products uh, producing revenue currently? Yeah, um, most of them are. Um, there is uh, Goal. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast, but there's GoalEffingDoIt.com, um, which uh, generates revenue. Like it's completely automatic, and I don't have to do anything for it. Um, nice. Nomad List is, is the re- most recent one and the most successful one that's generating revenue um, from simple ads. Like there's two ads that uh, they pay for uh, for remote jobs, and Nomad List is like a, a, a site where you can find the best cities to work and live remotely. Uh, so it's, it looks at cost of living and weather and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I think mo- like about three of the four of them or five of them is generating revenue actively now. And one of the things that people have kind of taken note on is, is how good these applications look or how polished they feel. Um, what are you doing, or do you have a process to kind of create these in such a short period of time? 
But it's it's really funny because I really don't think my stuff looks uh, looks slick. Like I'm I'm not okay. a, I'm not because I'm not a really uh, like I do everything myself. So I code the front end, the back end, and everything. So by definition, I cannot be good at anything in particular. Um, but I think by keeping it minimal, like everything looks a little minimal, and so it looks clean as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of easy, right? You save time and you you actually get a better design aesthetic. I think um, my process for building it is. Uh, I get an ID from probably some problem I have myself. Like with Nomad List, I had the problem where I didn't really know which cities to go to to travel and work remotely. So I wanted to have like a database for it. And so I build it and um, I kind of sketch an ID in my head. I get inspiration from other sites. Like with Nomad List, I got a lot of inspiration from Product Hunt. The layout of Product Hunt was like a list-based layout of um, upvoted products. And I wanted to do that with cities. So I, I took that design a little bit, modified it, and went from there. So, yeah. So do you have kind of a backlog of ideas for what you're going to do, at least for the next few months? Or are you kind of actively trying to find the next idea while you're building that current month's product? It's about 50-50. So I I have this huge Trello uh, list. I've had it for years with like just IDs. And it's like it has these different lists of like uh, plans, work in progress, uh, complete, uh, failure, success. So I just drag IDs to, to the right until they're like, finished and they fail or succeed um so yeah I, I have loads of ids and the funny thing is i think most of us have the same ids so i a lot of times i see on hacker news um something that was my id f- like last year and i didn't have time to build it yet and it's already there and sometimes the, the, the domain name is the same like i had an idea to build a site called uh, do i need a visa.com and you could see like which country you need a visa for um like if you're a united states citizen Completely the same. Somebody built already. So I think we all have the same ideas and it's just about execution now. So yeah, I have a big backlog. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. What I love about the doing 12 months of it is that it builds up a story. A lot of people talk about starting out with a good story, and it's hard to when you haven't built a product yet or you don't really know what you're doing but by deciding to do 12 and by putting a little bit of a you know marketing spin on it you're able to approach for example different press outlets and probably have an easier time getting the first story and you now have 11 follow-ups to get every subsequent story and contacts wherever you get published um can you talk about how you got that first contact yeah um it's super true because it's really hard to get covered by press. And it, I mean, I tried it for ages. Like last year, it didn't work. Now, because I have, I guess what you say, like I have a narrative, it becomes a lot easier. And I think the clue is that um, press wants to have something to talk about. So they're not going to write about something that's common, right? That's the, the, the philosophy of press. It needs, to be, it needs to be news, right? So you need to come with some spin to it, some... I guess feel is the American word, uh, Yiddish word. Um, mm-hmm. So you need to think of a narrative around your products or around your personality, I guess, um, that fits your personality as well because you, you can't fake it, right? So you need to have something that fits a little bit. 
and and then try and get it out there. So my first press contact was John Russell from the Next Web, and he contacted me because I was blogging about um, working from Chiang Mai, from Thailand, and trying to do a startup there. And so that was my first contact. So every site I made from then, I, I sent it to John Russell. And then the first one that got covered was uh, Go F and Do It. And I was like really amazed. I remember waking up and then I was like, wow, I'm on the next web. This is the most awesome thing ever. And, uh, uh, but it's really hard for, for people to imagine. Like, if, like right now, it's easy for me. But if you don't have this, it's really hard to get covered by press. And press is essential to get users. Like absolutely essential. Even t- people say like you don't need tech press if you build something non-tech, I guess. But you do need it. It's it's because everything is tech these days. So the press is tech, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. So did you know uh, going into this venture that this twelve months was going to be a good angle into the press? No, it was kind of lucky because I wrote the blog twelve projects in twelve months, and just <laughs> for a joke, I, I I backspaced projects and I typed startups. <laughs> and I feel a little sleazy about that because it's uh, um, like you can't call it all startups, right? It's, it's MVPs. Sure, but yeah. I think there's this, there's this very delicate balance between, I guess, setting yourself out and, and just doing sleazy marketing like this and um, uh, being integral to, the, to your own values. And I think, um, I think this is pretty integral because it, is, it can be startups in the end. Um, but yeah, it's a very delicate balance, I think, because every marketing thing you do, like the more views, the, I guess the more sleazy you get, you make it, I don't know if sleazy is the right word, but the more, the more marketing you make it, the better, the more views it gets, but it might, uh, detract from your own, um, integrity, right? Yeah. 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 I think for um, that kind of thing, most people probably don't care. Yeah. And well, I care uh, a lot. Um, but it's not sleazy. It's. I don't think it's an extreme. I'm sure you get trolled on Hacker News from time to time over it. Oh, no. yeah, loads but of times. Those aren't the people that you should be listening to. I think it's yeah. I think it's a great way to describe it. Twelve projects in twelve months isn't really. Exciting. It wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it, it doesn't excite. And, and startup gives the, the the I guess the the dreamy feeling of okay, this might become something, right? Yeah, and if you were building uh, fly by night projects that were low quality and were like bootstrap and really really MVP. That'd be one thing, but these are actual usable products. Like, it doesn't matter if there's one person or a team or a company behind it. Um, yeah. People are actually using these. Yeah, exactly. So you recently got featured in uh, Wired magazine, and yeah. um, it was a good article. I It actually kind of pissed me off when I read it, and I really wanted to get your opinion, um, especially on the part about kind of knocking you for not solving global issues like hunger and poverty. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was your opinion um, when that came out? Well, it was really funny because uh, um, Clint Finley, the journalist, he's a really cool guy. He emailed me like, do you want to do an interview for Wired? And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then we jumped on Skype and he asked a lot of like, kind of normal questions like, uh, why are you doing 12 startups and uh, why are you doing this and this? And then he, he kind of dropped the bomb and he, he said, like, do you feel like you're exploiting um, people in third world countries by, by traveling and working nomadically, like from Thailand, for example, or, or Indonesia? And I was completely unprepared for that question. And I was like, wow, this is going wrong because um, 
I don't really know what to answer. So I, I just answered like really honestly that um, that I've, I'm aware of, of all that stuff. I'm aware of the income differences. In the end, I think it's beneficial for these countries to to get foreigners. The same as tourism can be beneficial, right? It's money yeah. coming in. It's um, it's Western countries. They have a high income, so they spend more money in these low income countries, which can help create middle classes. That's what happened in Thailand with tourism in the 80s and 90s. And uh, so I think it's it's. If you do well, it can be beneficial. And it's also about respecting the local people. But yeah, I was completely unprepared for the question. And I do think it's, um, um, well, you touched upon the other thing what you said, where, why are we doing like trivial stuff, right? Why are we building trivial startups? And Yeah, yeah, like yeah, first so, world problems, but. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, I think he has a good point. Uh, we are in this bubble where we, like a lot of people work from the Bay Area or, um, most of us are in the West and it's, it's kind of obvious. Like we're, we're, we're in the West. So we, we're going to solve stuff. That's um, our problem in the West. Mm-hmm. I do think he has a point that we can look um, outside our own bubble and try and build stuff for other people, like build stuff for third world, world countries, um, build stuff that doesn't necessarily solve our problems, but solves other people's problems. But on the other hand, like no, not everybody can work on curing cancer, right? Yeah. Well, and it's one thing to to raise the question, of, you know, why aren't more people addressing some of the bigger problems? But it's another thing to ask it in a way where you should be obligated to be the one that solves it just because you know how to code or have built an audience or something like that. I think it exactly, was that yeah. that like sense of obligation that kind of came off a little funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think that too. Um, I, the thing is, he, do, he did inspire me to to think more about what kind of problems I want to solve and um, solve less trivial problems. But I think that's a long-term project. Like I'm, I'm 28 now and I'm just starting this stuff. And uh, I definitely want to do cool stuff for more people that actually that helps them a lot, uh, but I'm not there yet. And yeah. I don't think you can expect that from anybody that's just starting to, to code, right? I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you're in the very beginning, when you're learning to code, you need something that's going to, hold your attention and get you really interested. Yeah. And that's the way I think about it. Like these projects may not be significant or world changing, but they're the kind of things that get you really excited about what you do to stick around for five, 10 plus years and really get into it and get good. And then you're in a position where you can start to solve those things, whatever you're passionate about that time in your life. Um, But without the skills and the buildup doing seemingly insignificant things, you wouldn't be in a position to execute. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like, you need you need a you need cash flow to solve big problems, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the times. So if you if you're in a in a nine to five job and you want to solve big problems, I guess a good avenue would be to build your own stuff that gives you cash flow monthly to pay your bills and then focus on something big, right? Yeah. So yeah, do you absolutely. see? Do you see um, one of the startups that you're working on during this year? turning into kind of your main focus um is that kind of the goal of this is to see you know where the cream rises to the top yeah absolutely it's like the spaghetti thing like throwing spaghetti on the wall and <laughs> seeing what sticks and right now um the last project nomad list is sticking really well so to say and i think i hit up on a market that i'm part of myself a little bit because i travel and work all over the world um and it's it's a super exciting place to be in terms of of space like what I see around, around me now is, is a lot of people 
just um, selling their house or, or quitting their rent and just moving to South America, moving to Southeast Asia, um, moving to East Asia even, and, um, and even around America as well. And it's like, I think this stuff is exploding right now. It's, it's becoming more of a feasible lifestyle uh, than before. And where before, like you saw Tim Ferriss kind of people do it where they would, I don't know, they would sell like kind of scammy eBooks, like how to get rich quick schemes. You know, those, those big landing pages, the really long ones, where like you need to buy this eBook and, uh, and they would then work from like tropical places. I think that was not a very fun lifestyle because it wasn't cool stuff that was being done. But there's now like really creative people working and living remotely, like um, UX designers, and now also startups like Buffer, uh, like Zapier. Um, and that's super exciting because it means we can have like a, a different kind of lifestyle. And um, yeah. Yeah, even domestically, being the idea of being able to travel around the US for us and to see new places while working is really exciting. But at the yeah. same time, you don't know where you can go, um, where you're going to have cool things to see and good internet and a good place to stay. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm excited by that project. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to find that information and um, make it easier for people to, to find those places that fit them. Like if you like warm weather or mild weather or cold weather, if you need fast internet or not, and try and give you like an answer, you should go there and you should book a ticket now and fly there, bring your laptop and try and work from there. Mm-hmm. And um, it can make it as easy as possible for you to arrive and remove the friction from moving around. Because there is still a lot of friction. Like think, um, think SIM cards or transit cards. Like you, you arrive in, for example, Bangkok in Thailand and you need to, you need to, it takes a few days to, to get your routine and, and fix all that stuff where you can actually use your phone. You can actually use the public transport. All that stuff and friction can be removed. And that's what I'm focusing on uh, next. So I think definitely the Nomad stuff is sticking a lot. And there's more Nomad projects in these 12 startups that I'm, that I'm planning on. So can you give us any insight as to what's coming up in the next couple months from you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one is a, it's a really tiny, tiny, like, uh, tiny startup. It's called Giftbook, and it lets you uh, print animated GIFs uh, as flipbooks, and nice. it ships them, ships them to your house. So I, I Googled like, the whole internet, and nobody's done it before. There's another company called Giftpop who do animated GIFs as these weird stereoscopic cards. But I just want flipbooks, so um, that's what I'm going to launch then and, uh, and see, if it's, see if it goes anywhere. The next one is Nomad Kit, which is kind of what I was talking about before. It's a bundle of products to help you uh, arrive in a specific place, um, like Austin, Texas, or Chiang Mai, Thailand, or Bali, Indonesia. And it gets you set up with a co-working space, a hotel stay, a SIM card, a transit card, um, and a few other stuff, like a guide. So you, so you arrive prepared and... Um, yeah, it removes the friction from arriving. Nice. What yeah. is one of the most important things you've learned on starting off in this journey? I think the most important thing is that you have this idea about startups and websites that, like, it's all perfect, right? Like, you see, I don't know, you see, like, the website of Uber, and you think, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm never going to be able to build this. <laughs> and actually... Um, like I tweeted it this week, like everybody's backend and everybody's development and site, it's like a mess and mm. you don't see the mess of, and I think it's in big companies as well. It's like the, the end product looks nice, but the process is like, it's like a, a battlefield, right? It's a mess of, of, of code hanging together and breaking and, and you don't see that because that's the whole point. Like the customer shouldn't see that, but it means that, um, you're scared to build something cool because you think you can't do it, but actually mm. 
just make it look as if it works. And then that's enough, right? It works. And you, like everybody can do it. And, uh, and, and don't be afraid of uh, thinking you can't do it because you probably can. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's so true. So where can we keep up with you and your next projects online? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I'm tweeting a lot on uh, Levels.io. And my website is Levels.io. And uh, there I blog about all the startups and how I build my products. And, uh, and you can also email me from there. So if you need any uh, help or feedback on your projects, I'd be happy to give them. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to see what's, uh, what's in store next for you. So yeah. um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You guys are awesome. And uh, I always listen to this podcast myself. So it's an honor to be on here. Oh, that's great. <laughs>